Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. Please join with us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Mike Bird. If you will, let's go ahead and take our Bibles. We're going to turn over to Matthew chapter 24. And if you're just joining with us, uh, we've started this series uh, back in October and uh, primarily about being ready. And uh, I felt it was appropriate to go through this passage of scripture, primarily because I believe the Lord had laid it upon my heart to teach through this. And as we've been studying this, we've been looking here about what our Lord says about his coming and about the end of the age. And uh, this is called the Olivet Discourse, and it is a sermon that our Lord gave about end times, about his second coming. And it spawned on, basically, of two questions that the disciples were asking of the Lord, and they said, what is going to be the sign of your coming, and when will the end of the age be? And uh, as we've already covered in several weeks prior to this, uh, the Lord told us about the birth pains uh, that will be evidenced before his coming. As we looked in verses 4 through 14, he told us about this one event that is going to happen that is going to signal the, the, uh, the coming of the Son of Man, and that would be the abomination of, of desolation. In verse 15, that's when the Antichrist will come and set up himself to be worshipped. And then last week, as we covered the things that will be going on during the tribulational times, and that's, uh, we found through verses 16 through 28. And it's going to be difficult times. There's going to be deception, worldwide mass deception, false Christ saying, I am the Messiah, listen to me. Uh, These false messiahs are going to be able to perform miracles. And uh, Jesus said that if it were possible even to deceive the very elect, those that know Christ, but of course they will not be deceived by that. And so now we come to this most fascinating passage. And I tell you, I have really, really been looking forward to this portion of scripture here. Um, And we're going to look here primarily verses 29 through 31. And we're going to draw our attention to these verses. And we're going to see at least two things primarily when Christ returns and the gathering of the saints. The timing of these events uh, can be quite controversial. And so, um, as you know me, uh, I'm going to try to do my best to stick as close to the word as possible and to teach exactly what the word says here. But I understand that because of our differences in backgrounds and uh, the way that maybe we have been brought up, um, maybe you might have a different take or view on, on what we're going to cover here this morning, but that's, that's okay. Um, but I, I think that we should still discuss these things. We should study it. We should just talk about it. And remember, because we're dealing with prophecy, remember the, remember the hand illustration that I gave you? Uh, When you look at your hand this way, you can see everything in between your fingers. But when you look at it this way, you can't see everything, okay? We're dealing with prophecy, so there might be some things in between that we really quite not understand or get. 
Um, but we need to try our best to be faithful to what uh, the Lord says here and listen to what he says. So there's some of these things in this passage that I could be wrong on and uh, that's okay, all right? Uh, because we are dealing with, with prophecy here. But I wanna be as faithful as I can to teach the word here. I'm still learning, I'm still growing and I encourage you to do the same. So this is what I'd like for you to take away with you this morning. Be prepared, Christ is returning. Be prepared, Christ is returning. Let's take a look at our passage of scripture here. Verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. As we remember the disciples' question that they asked in verse three, what will be the sign of your coming? What will be the end of the age? What, when is all this gonna happen? When is Christ returning? When is the end of the age gonna happen? And so our Lord here in these verses is going to strictly answer those two questions. And if you remember uh, previous, our Lord gave these birth pains, these signs that will be evidenced. And here our Lord, again, he's going to tell us about these signs, but notice here our Lord says some particular things. He uses some very specific words that will give a signaling of when these things will be. He talks about the signs of the heavens. Look, notice what he says. He says the sun, he says the moon, he says the stars. He uses the words heavens and heaven. And so people say, well, when is the second coming? Very simple. What Jesus says, immediately after the tribulation of those days. That's what it says, immediately after the tribulation of those days. Now, not just any tribulation, because I believe that all of us can agree that there has been tribulational times in people's lives, right? I mean, horrific events that have happened, catastrophic events. But during this time is what our Lord gave in the previous verses, the tribulational times that would be evidenced, that would be happening. He says, after those times, immediately after that, he says, Christ would return. You say, well, what days here? Because he says the tribulation of those days. And if you just look through verses four through 28, he describes what those days were gonna be. So after the tribulation, when Christ returns, he says the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now, that's an awesome thought to think about. The heavens will be shaken. The sun, he says, will be darkened. The moon will not give light. And the stars are going to fall from heaven. I mean, this is just, this is just incredible to think about. The whole universe as we know it, as we experience, is going to begin to disintegrate. It's gonna fall apart. Uh, turn over to Luke chapter 21. I wanna show you a parallel passage here. Luke adds some specific things about when Christ returns. Luke is just kind of filling out the story here for us. And uh, he talks here, Luke 21, we get this other view of, of what Luke heard and saw and listened to. So verse 25 through 26, 
Luke adds, and there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth, distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. Verse 26, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming in the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. So Luke adds here and he says that people will faint with fear and with foreboding. Now, that's an interesting statement, isn't it? What is he saying? Literally, he's saying that men's hearts will fail them. Their hearts will expire. They're going to have a heart attack. When Christ returns, people are going to be over, so overcome, people that do not know the Lord, people are going to be so overcome with fear that literally their heart is just going to stop beating and they're going to drop dead when Christ returns. And so people are going to literally just going to drop dead everywhere out of total fear. Uh, look what he says about his comings here. Again, in Luke 21, 26, he says, the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Now, it's an understood fact that uh, scientists agree to this, that in our universe, in our world, in the universe, that there is a power that is holding everything together. Why is it that the tides come in and, and you can predict when the tides are going to be high, when the tides are going to be low? Why is it that farmers know when to plant and know when to harvest? Why is that? Because there is a system that has been set in order and everything is held together by a power. And so scientists agree that there is some kind of power that is holding the whole world together. In fact, we know what that power is because in Hebrews 1.3, it says that the Son upholds all things by the word of his power. It is God himself and the Son who holds things together. And the heavenly bodies are controlled by the upholding power of the word of God. But all of a sudden, what is gonna happen? The Lord is just gonna let it go. And the sun is gonna become black, the moon's not going to shine. The stars are going to fall from heaven. And the whole world is just going to be shaking. It's going to fall apart. Now, specifically, he says here, look what he says in the text here, Matthew 24. He says that the sun goes black. There's no sunlight. The temperature changes. Then he says the moon doesn't give its light, obviously, because the uh, the, it's reflected from the sun. The tides are thrown off. The stars begin to tumble out of their places. In Revelation, it says that the, the, uh, about talking about the stars, that, that, they, that they fall and that the heavens are rolled up like a scroll. If you have a scroll and you pull it apart and you let it go, what does it do? Right? So he says it's all going to fall apart. And it says the stars are going to begin to fall like shaking overripe figs off of a fig tree and the whole universe just begins to fall apart. And so Jesus is really just giving us things that we already talked about uh, by the prophets. In fact, in Joel chapter 2, verses 30 through 31, 
Joel talks about the shaking of the heavens and of the earth and of the divine judgment that our Lord is going to bring to the earth. In Haggai, in chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, it describes the end of the world in the same terms. And if you remember, Peter, when he was preaching uh, in Pentecost there in uh, Acts chapter 2, he quotes from Joel and he talks about the coming of the Lord and the, the very fact that the heavens are going to, to show these signs. Uh, the day will come when the moon will turn to blood and the stars don't give their light anymore. The sun uh, turns dark and all these things are going to happen. All these things are going to be coming and it's going to be the shaking of the heavens. So when Christ returns... Uh, there is going to be the powers of the heaven will be shaken. And uh, you'll find also in Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, when you find when the sun becomes black, the moon goes out, stars begin to fall, that the people then begin to scream for the rocks to fall on them and to hide them from the face of the wrath of the Lamb uh, because they're, they're, they're afraid of Christ and his coming. So our Lord here is very clear about uh, when he returns and the powers of the heaven are going to be shaken. And it's important to know this because whatever generation will be living during that time, Jesus told us in Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. How exciting to think about that. When Christ returns, your redemption is drawing near uh, that he's coming. So look at the second thing here. He will come with power and great glory. So the disciples asked, what is going to be the sign of your coming? And he says, it's very clear here in verse 30. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. The sign is the Son of Man. How are we going to know when Christ comes? When you see him, he's the sign, he's here. And it's gonna be the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. That's the sign. Now notice here, this is just awesome. Here's the picture, okay? The sun has went out. <laughs> it's dark, dark, darkness. Stars are falling from the heavens. The moon doesn't give its light. It's dark. And then here comes Christ. He's unveiled. He's in a blazing unveilment of his glory. Look at verse number 30. Look what it says. He will come, not just with glory, but with what? Great glory. Glory like the world has never seen. So can you imagine? Here it is. It's all darkness and then there's a burst of the glory of God coming on the scene. I tell you what, every eye is going to see that. It's not going to be like, oh, wait, did, did Christ come back? I don't know. Hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. No, every eye will see him. And it will be evidence that Christ uh, will be there. And so he comes with great glory and he's going to come in this blazing glory. And so the sign then is going to be the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ coming in his majesty. He will be distinguishable. He'll be recognizable. And yet he will be in his full glory. Do you remember when uh, Peter, James, and John went with the Lord upon the mount? 
and the Lord revealed to them his glory. They saw Christ in his full glory of who he was. That was just a little bit of a taste of what Christ is gonna be like when he returns and he's gonna come. Notice what he says. He says that he will come on the clouds of heaven. Now, if you remember after our Lord's resurrection and how after he spent 40 days with his disciples, he ascended into heaven. In Acts chapter one, verse number nine through Acts chapter, uh, verse number 11, after our Lord ascended, the disciples were all standing about. Remember, he ascended in a cloud. They were, they were standing about and they were looking into the heavens and the angel says, hey, what are you doing here? This same Jesus who left like that, who left with the clouds is gonna return in the same like manner as you have seen him go. And so he's going to come just like that. So he says here that he's going to come. They will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He'll come in the clouds. In fact, uh, the prophets even talk about this in Daniel chapter seven, verse 13, says that Christ will return with clouds. In John says that he'll come with the clouds in Revelation 1, 7. Mark says he'll come in clouds in Mark 13, verse 26. Luke says in verse 21, 27, that he came, comes in a cloud. And Matthew says that he comes in clouds of heaven here. And later on in uh, chapter 26 and verse 64, Jesus even says that he is going to be coming himself with clouds. So all the writers here agree that he is gonna be coming with clouds. And so really this is just a, a indescribable scene, right? I mean, chaos going on, it's dark. Christ comes in his full blazing glory. People are in panic, people are in fear, people are uh, falling over dead because of, of, his, uh, of his coming. And uh, so it's gonna be a, a very awesome thing. In Revelation chapter one, seven, it says that every eye shall see him. And so every eye will see him as what our Lord says uh, in Matthew 24, verse number 27. Remember if he said, for as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the son of man. So he will come. Now notice here again in the text, it says that he will not only come with great glory, but with power. The Lord is coming with power. Can you imagine the power to make the whole universe to get out of sync? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine that? that the Lord has that much power that he can do that. He has power over the whole created universe. He has power over Satan. He has power over demons. He has power to slaughter all the ungodly Christ rejecting unbelievers worldwide. He has power to establish his kingdom. He has power to redeem his elect. He has power over sin and death. This is great power that he has. This is, this is unmatched power. Nobody can match this. And he's gonna have that power. In fact, in chapter 25, verse 31, it says of his power here, he says, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. He's in control. He's very powerful. It's his throne. 
Isaiah calls it in chapter 63 of his power that he has. He says that it's the day of vengeance of our God when he treads out the winepress of his wrath. That's power. So we can definitely see that when that will happen, when Christ returns, he's gonna come with power and great glory. And what's gonna happen? All the tribes is what he says here. Look what he says. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the son of man and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Why are they mourning? Because Christ the judge has returned. And so they will mourn because of his great glory and his great power. Let's look at one last point here about when Christ returns here. Number three, he will gather his elect. So here we are, verse number 30. He sends here, it says that he's going to send his angels, verse 31, and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other. So he's going to send these angels out. And angels, by the way, are God's gatherers. They are his collectors of men that we find. In the 13th of chapter of Matthew, we find them in several of the parables sent out to gather people for judgment, to bring them before God. But in this case, they're not gathering people for judgment. They're gathering them for glory. So a couple of questions, really. Who are these people who are being gathered together? And secondly, when does this gathering take place? Well, the people being gathered, I believe here, are the elect. They are the people that have repented of their sin. They've put their faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone for salvation. They are the redeemed sons and daughters of God. They are the ones who place their faith in Christ. Secondly, when does this gathering take place? Well, it says at the coming of the Son of Man and with a loud trumpet call. Now, please remember, here's our hand illustration, right? We can see everything here, but when we turn it this way, we can't see everything as clearly, okay? Now, I don't wanna take a lot of time on this, but I, I wanna show you a couple of passages of scripture on this and how it really has formed what I believe here about when this is actually gonna happen, all right? The gathering of his elect. Let's turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter number four. 1 Thessalonians chapter number four. And we're gonna look at a few things here. Now, what's going on here? Paul writes this letter to the Thessalonian church. And what has happened is the Thessalonians actually were being deceived by people saying that the day of the Lord has already happened, that Christ has already returned. And so Paul writes to them and he says, no, 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 let me set these things back in order for you, okay? Let's go back here. Let's remember what, what our Lord has said. Look what he says here in verse number 13, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse number 13. He says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, those who have died, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. 
For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until, notice, what does he say? The coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Verse 16, for the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the what? The sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. So here we have the trumpet. He talks about specifically this trumpet, this, this trumpet that is gonna sound. What does our Lord say here in verse 31? And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect. Turn over to Revelation chapter eight. I'll show you another one here. Revelation chapter number eight. And here we're introduced about these seven trumpets that he talks about. In verse number six, he says, now the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. And so they go through all the blowing of the trumpets, everything that's gonna happen. And then you find here, uh, Revelation chapter nine, you have the fifth and the sixth trumpets that are blown. But then we come over here to Revelation chapter 10. Now, this is very interesting. Notice what it says here. Then I saw, verse number one, then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud. Huh, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Who's coming with a cloud? Jesus. With a rainbow over his head and his face was like the sun. What did Jesus say? He's coming in great glory, right? And his legs are like pillars of fire. And he had a little scroll open in his hand and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And notice what it says, verse three. And he called out with a loud voice like a lion roaring when he called out the seven thunders sounded. And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. And the angel whom, whom I saw standing on the sea and the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it and the sea and what is in it and there would be no more delay. But that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, now notice this, the mystery of God would be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. And so you have this mystery of God would be fulfilled when the seventh angel sounds his trumpet. Now, let me take you one more passage over here. 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, and look what he says here, verses 50 through 58. Paul writes about this mystery. He says, I tell you this brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. 
in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where's your victory? O death, where's your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. And so we find here that this is our Lord's own description of his second coming. It's gonna be a tremendous event. He says, when is this gonna happen? He says, immediately after the tribulation, when are the gathering of the elect gonna happen? At the last trumpet sounds. Now, knowing all of this, uh, we need to be prepared because I believe if you are alive during this time, you will either be going with him in glory or you're going to, uh, unfortunately, you'll be mourning at his coming and you'll be cast out of his kingdom and uh, sent to everlasting hell. And so as he says here at the end of uh, chapter 25, uh, the closing verses, where there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth and everlasting punishment. So to the believers here today, I wanna to leave you with a word of encouragement to uh, kind of summarize all of this up about when Christ returns. You know, believers throughout all of history, I mean, many of you, um, we have several different generations living uh, that are here today. Um, maybe you have heard your parents talk about the coming of the Lord. And maybe somebody else in here, maybe their parents heard about that. And so from generation to generation, people have been talking about the coming of the Lord. When is it gonna happen? When is it gonna happen? When's it gonna be? And people have been looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the apostle Paul, in writing to Titus uh, chapter two, verse 11, he says this, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself to, for us to redeem us from all wickedness and uh, to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So what he said here is that we who are saved right now during this time, and since Christ does not return, what are we supposed to be doing? Well, we should be living righteously, soberly, denying ungodliness, denying worldly lust, and looking for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, as much as we are to live obedient lives and as much as we are to live a righteous lives, as much as we are to live lives where priorities are set by God's standards, so much are we to live lives that focus on the return of Jesus Christ. So when is all this gonna happen? I don't know, but you need to be prepared. And so if you know Christ, you need to be living a righteous, godly, holy life that is set apart for Christ now, looking forward for the second coming of his return. And if you don't know Christ, 
then I would urge you to repent of your sin and turn to the Lord, repent, believe the gospel and trust him for salvation and him only. Because when he returns, it's too late. And so you need to repent and believe Christ and believe him now. And so when Christ returns, this is gonna be a glorious event and it's gonna be very fascinating. And uh, will you be alive during that time? I don't know. Will I be alive? I don't know. But either way, our Lord warns us that we need to be prepared. And so hopefully that we will all take his words to heart and do that. Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.